Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Live Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest. Welcome to Life Talk Northwest. I'm Dan Kennedy, former CEO of Human Life Washington. I was thinking about being thankful And I want to tell you how thankful we are here at Sacred Heart Radio to our listeners and our supporters, for those who pray for us, for those who support us financially. We are so very thankful. And I want you to know that you in turn are in our prayers. And if in the spirit of thankfulness and in thanksgiving, you find it in your heart to offer a prayer for Sacred Heart Radio, and Life Talk Northwest, we would very much appreciate it. And if you feel moved to offer a financial donation, we are very grateful, and you may do that by calling 1-800-949-1050. That's 1-800-949-1050. Or by going online to sacredheartradio.org. Thank you so much. And... I'm also thankful that my co-host is back. Hi, I'm Katie Welch, the former Northwest Regional Coordinator for Students for Life of America. We're so glad you're listening today because we have a super special guest this week. Today our guest is Kristen Hawkins. Kristen is a Christian wife, mother, grassroots activist, author, speaker, podcast host, and a human rights advocate. She is president of Students for Life of America and was recruited in 2006 to launch Students for Life of America's full-time operation. Since then, she has built up a small organization made up of a few dozen student groups scattered around the country to a coordinated national team serving more than 1,200 Students for Life chapters in all 50 states. She hosts a weekly podcast, Explicitly Pro-Life, found on iTunes or YouTube. A frequent speaker at college campuses like Harvard, Dartmouth, UC Berkeley, and a media analyst, Kristen's expertise includes abortion, feminism, disability advocacy, and healthcare as she navigates the social conditions and public policy that impacts the human rights issue of our day. She does all this while multitasking as a mother of four children, two of whom have cystic fibrosis. Kristen knows firsthand that all children have value, no matter the perception of their abilities, and works daily to be a voice for millennials and Generation Z, who recognize the horrors of abortion for women and their preborn infants. You can follow her at Kristen Hawkins. Thank you, Kristen, for being here. We're so happy to have you join us on Life Talk Northwest today. So first of it's all... It's so great to talk to you, again. Yeah, so great. Um, so thank you so much for all you do for life. Um, I loved working for Students for Life as a regional coordinator, for sure. Um, could you start by telling our listeners a little bit about Students for Life and Students for Life Action, and maybe your role. Sure. Students for Life was launched 16 years ago as a post-row organization, understanding we needed to go right where the abortion industry was targeting, right where they were 
marketing their predatory business practice um, and, and have different conversations and to change the landscape to, you know, not only transform our campuses to, you know, different environments where no woman, again, ever feels like she has to choose between the life of her child and her education, but also to change the conversation and change hearts and minds of those most targeted by the abortion industry. Um, since then, we've got about 1,300 uh, groups that we're honored to serve across the country. Katie, you know this firsthand. You are very busy up there in the Pacific Northwest. A fact That's that many people are surprised when I tell them how many active students for life leaders there are in in the Northwest. A lot of that's due to your incredible work. Um, But we're also, you know, with Students for Life Action, our sister organization involved uh, mostly at state legislative levels, uh, introducing uh, pro-life legislation with teeth, uh, legislation that will save lives, that will, you know, um, set the abortion industry back in a big way, uh, taking on first trimester abortions when the majority of abortions occur, taking on uh, the new rise of the chemical abortion uh, cartel. Um, and we are also involved in, you know, state legislative elections and then, you know, as needed in these in federal elections uh, as we just kind of <laughs> finished up an election season. And I guess as of last night, have started another, sadly. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everybody was hoping for kind of a, a kind of a pause or just like a break, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh- already begun. And so I think it's just, it's absolutely critical in what we've learned as Students Life Action, where we have this incredible opportunity to, as you know, Katie, identify and find pro-life leaders and mentor them, but also then to get them out, uh, getting involved in politics, often for uh, the very first time. While we don't see this fight as a political fight, it's very much a human rights fight. We know that politics does play uh, an important role and can play an important role and the amount of lives, you know, how quickly and how many lives we can save. Well, you know, Kristen, I know that I worked for decades um, as uh, CEO of Human Life of Washington. And, um, in fact, you came to visit uh, one of your yeah, original— co- I met you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were pregnant at the time and not feeling very well that day, as I recall. But uh, <laughs> I will tell you that, that all those decades— uh, Two things have made a tremendous impact on the pro-life movement. Uh, One was the ultrasound uh, advances, and the second one was Students for Life. That just breathed new blood and new excitement, and I I was just thrilled to work with Students for Life because it really took the wind out of the sails of Planned Parenthood to find all these young people that they had kind of co-opted into pro-abortion. So I want to thank you personally for all that that you have done for that. Well, I want to thank you for what you've done. You know, one thing, and you don't know this, and most folks don't know this, uh, we haven't really released this publicly, but we've been doing a lot of studies, Dan, over the past few years of, you know, pro-life cities and our campaign for abortion-free cities running digital ad campaigns to change minds. And one of the things that we have found is that, you know, in places like Washington State, where there's always been this fierce resistance to the abortion industry, um, we have found those are those are the places we can recruit and build off of your all's success um, in a way to, you know, really galvanize the pro-life movement and change the most uh, hearts and minds. And I think a lot of that is due to, you know, especially in Washington, 
uh, to your leadership and um, Human Life of Washington's, you know, steady um, resistance all of these years. Um, you know, what we found in our digital advertising, for example, you know, places, you know, like, you know, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania or Phoenix, Arizona, where we've had uh, dedicated pro-lifers working for so long. Um, those tend to be the, some of the biggest places where we can recruit this generation and build off that work. So it's, I see it very much as like a team. Uh, it's definitely a team approach for us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I want to thank you so much. Um, yeah, we have, we all stand on the shoulders of giants before us. So, uh, but the lifeblood, uh, have really, you know, made an impact and, uh, uh, it just, you know, I remember being at a legis- legislative hearing. Uh, we got word, you know, they always mm-hmm. pull a fast when the night before and say, oh, suddenly we're going to have this hearing. And I called uh, the uh, Northwest Regional Coordinator, and uh, she got a bunch of students, and we got down there early. And by the time Planned Parenthood showed up, and they all had their T-shirts on, and it was, <laughs> they were making calls left and right. We need kids. We need kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think there was one of those hearings down there in Olympia where I got a picture where they we made a little funny meme because it was the older folks had dressed up. They had put Planned Parenthood T-shirts on yes. all of them, and then yep. all of the pro-life young people were there at the pro-life gen shirts. And it was just so funny because that's literally the opposite of the narrative that the other side tries to paint all the time. You know, every day on campuses, that picture was just the opposite of everything they say. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Kristen, like here in Washington, after uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned, not much changed. Um, so could you yeah. talk to us a little bit about how like the national pro-life movement has changed since Roe versus Wade was overturned and how Students for Life has been responding? Yeah, I mean, instantly, you know, we launched into several uh, special session legislative battles. So in West Virginia, South Carolina, Indiana, we were particularly engaged, calling for special sessions, trying to get pro, you know, the pro-life issue brought up in those special sessions, seeing good pro-life bills introduced and passed in those sessions. You know, we, we saw a, a pretty large victory in West Virginia, uh, I would say a mediocre victory in Indiana. And South Carolina, they, at the last minute, uh, got fearful and basically gave us what we had, which is a pretty darn good law, but... Uh, could be better. Needs improvement is how I would classify that. Um, but, you know, that that was instant. And starting to look in the states, you know, who had protective measures in place pre-row or had passed trigger laws. Um, so we've been tracking those states. There's obviously, you know, a lot of um, legal battles happening right now where we just saw in Georgia the heartbeat law got struck down yesterday uh, by a judge there in Georgia and instantly – you know, the attorney general, thankfully, this is why voting pro-life matters, uh, was able to start, you know, the appeals process for that to get that law back into effect to save lives in the state of Georgia. And so really it's been an all-hands-on fight, lots of maps of the United States of where our battles are, where the most strategic battles um, are, where we can win, where we're going to have to play for a while, where we can make progress. Uh, a lot of those, you know, conversations, and I think, uh, and that, that's really going to continue. And I think it also, you know, means a lot for us, you know, in the movement of 
I was just having some conversations here. I'm in, uh, outside of Columbia, South Carolina today. I was meeting with our group at USC yesterday about really the work that we need to do, whether it's Students for Life and Students for Life groups or just broadly as a movement uh, to get on the ground and to rebut the fear-mongering and these lies that the abortion industry has been spreading that, you know, we definitely saw uh, had an effect in, the le- in you know, the, the election uh, just the other week um, where folks were a lot, you know, very fearful. And, and even the talking points and the questions that they were raising were, you know, completely unfounded. But these are, these are what they're hearing. These are the things that they're hearing from the abortion industry. Um, and so we have a lot of work to do in terms of education about what Roe versus Wade was, what the status of the laws in our states are now, where do we envision, where it was our goal in the process, where do we want to go, uh, and really to have those conversations, whether in person or online. Yeah, that's uh, there are a lot of conversations that have to take place. It is amazing to me how, <clears throat> excuse me, how um, some areas reacted to. Uh, just the Supreme Court simply saying, you know, there's no nothing in the Constitution about abortion. Uh, and, uh, you know, here in, in Washington, they said, you know, this is this is oh, we have to you know, they're going to take away your rights. And of course, nothing changed in Washington, except they're becoming even more aggressive. We're going to have to go to a short break. And uh, we're speaking with Kristen Hawkins from Students for Life. And uh, we'll be right back. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Welcome back to Life Talk Northwest. We are speaking with Kristen Hawkins, founder of Students for Life. And uh, Kristen, I, I want to talk to you about your analysis as you see uh, the results of the midterm elections. Yeah, this is a question we've been getting a lot of, you know, um, inquiries about from the mainstream press, you know, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all those folks about where, where do we see the pro-life movement going? How do we think uh, the pro-life movement fared uh, last Tuesday? And I, I would definitely say that, um, you know, we fared a lot better than I think a lot of folks would take away that we did. Um, the mm-hmm. media narrative was very quick that pro-life was going to be a losing stance, a losing issue, that, uh, you know, if you look at the post-polling um, from Election Day, that, a high number of Democrats turned out and named abortion as the number one issue, which I would say they have to because they really didn't have another issue <laughs> That's right. uh, that they could be that they could be excited about at the moment. Um, and I, I think the, the the way I look at it is 
uh, we are actually, Wednesday morning when I woke up, we were in a better spot across America to pass substantial pro-life laws than we were Tuesday morning. Uh, and I think that's something that got lost in that media, media narrative. Um, I think, you know, I kind of have saw, especially with more than $400 million in TV ads being taken out by Democrats on abortion, um, we know easily we were outspent 35 to 1. And that's just what's been tracked uh, in terms of TV ads on the issue of abortion. And I kind of looked at the election personally as like, you know, sometimes in a battle, you are going to be outmanned, you're going to be outgunned. Um, and the best thing you can do for your troops, for your movement, is to spare your men and to save your save your army till mm-hmm. these reinforcements arrive. And I really looked at that as kind of like a, you know, get in the fortress, lock the doors, uh, withstand the bombardment until reinforcements come. And then when, you know, the opposing army runs out of food or whatever, they leave, they retreat, you go out and you say, okay, we took some hits. Um, but ultimately, we're all still standing. And I think from that perspective and the fact that we were out, you know, spent so dramatically in so many states with all the fear mongering that, the, you know, the m- mainstream media has just been absolutely complicit in, we did a lot better than anyone, I think, is really giving us credit for. Um, and I, I think that's, that's significant. I think if you look at the state legislative victories, the fact that in states like North Carolina and Nebraska, we are in a much, much better place uh, than we were before Election Day. Those are these untold stories. You know, the fact that Ohio, the Ohio Supreme Court, which had uh, put their heartbeat law um, in this legal limbo, their Ohio Supreme Court was swept by pro-life uh, Republican judges. So that law is you know, going to be able to go into effect. Great. It's going to save tens of thousands of lives. Uh, this is significant. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussions about candidate quality and you know, the primary process, certain candidates you know, on the federal level. Um, but what we didn't do know on the state level, all the governors who signed you know, significant pro-life legislation were, were overwhelmingly re-elected. Yes, they were. Uh, folks yep. like Brian Kemp in Georgia, who, yeah. you know, signed almost a total abortion ban. Was You know, that was called one of the first races of the night that was called. And so I think those, aren't the, those are the stories uh, that aren't being told. There's a lot of focus on, you know, the, you know Pennsylvania and Georgia, the Senate races. Uh, but really... Um, I think we, we had some significant victories. We definitely had some uh, defeats with the ballot and referendums. But once again, you know, you know, I personally, Students for Life, was not really involved uh, in Michigan, sadly, that much. We did a couple of door knocking, recruiting students to get involved. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of discussion about how much they were outspent, the lies that were spread uh, about that effort. Um, and I think we have to remember that, you know, you know, I could go and poll the state of Montana or Kentucky that had pro-life balance initiatives that failed today, and I could prove to you them overwhelmingly, you know, the majority of Kentuckians and Montanans would, would be on our side on this issue. That doesn't necessarily translate when it comes to voting and early voting and how the left drives out the vote. So I think those are some of the things we have to kind of keep perspective on, because I've heard some mm-hmm. like, pretty, like, I guess, dire <laughs> predictions. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I'm like, wait a minute, I think we need to back it up a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it, it, I, if you notice, it, we are in a much better position than we have been. And you also notice that uh, 
excuse me, the abortion side, <laughs> excuse me, has had to change tactics as we've finally broken through. I mean, that's that's absolutely right. It is, um, it's unbelievable, like, you know, the lies and the way they're trying to change the conversation. The fact now that it's nothing that, I mean, these people support killing children, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised. But right. the very fact that they're trying to conscript women and families who suffered the pain of natural miscarriage into their movement by saying, well, you know, a natural miscarriage, that's an abortion. Yes, technically, Mm -hmm. it's the ending of a pregnancy. It's called a spontaneous abortion. A birth is also an abortion, the ending of a pregnancy. Right. Um, It's not the ending of a life. But, you know, what they're trying to do is to convince people and women who suffer this pain that they should be part. They should be part of their abortion movement because they've had to have a DNT to, to ensure that there's no infection after their child's heart stopped beating and their child died in the womb. Uh, that is fundamentally different, and I think it's so callous of this movement. Um, but that's that's who we're playing against. That's that's who we're battling against. It's folks that would rather use the pain of natural miscarriage to convince more people to join their movement, to vote with them, support their candidates. Um, these are not honest, honest players that we're dealing with. No, and and the education continues to go forward, and that's we have made so much progress in educating the public, um, even if it some of it has been or much of it for years was, say, below the radar. Um, but it slowly begins to have an impact, as, as we've seen in a number of states it has an impact. Um, so we are dealing with, with some people uh, who are uh, deceptive, devious, frenetic. They never rest. And uh, so we can never rest, you know, uh, no matter how much we might like to. Um, I did want to ask you one thing because I've dealt with uh, Northwest Regional Coordinators so often uh, in my capacity that we still need a Northwest Regional Coordinator. Is that correct for Students for Life? That is true. The Northwest is sadly the only region across the United States we don't have a full-time coordinator right now. Um, and so, you know, what happens is we hire and train up great leaders like Katie, uh, and they get married, and they have babies. Um, they Katie. do their, you know, their other pro-life <laughs> mission. <laughs> they do their other pro-life mission. Right. And so right. we're constantly training up a new army of leaders, and we're, you know, we need to find someone really from within, you know, someone from the Pacific Northwest, someone who knows the area, who knows the conversations that are being had, uh, who can join our team uh, and can be out there. You can go to ProLifeFuture.org. We have an amazing pro-life job board with pro-life jobs throughout the country that we list. Um, I love to get more folks on that and finding their pro-life mission, but particularly if you know a young person, a recently graduated young person, uh, someone who, you know, could – Get, I guess get past as a college student or maybe a grad student who wants to come work for us uh, to, to really raise up this generation because as we've been talking about, you know, these conversations have to happen. They have to happen now and they have to happen with those most directly targeted by the abortion industry. And those are the kids that are right there on the campuses. Yeah, we are putting out a call to our listeners and all people that they know. Uh, we need someone to step forward. Uh, from the Northwest, 
Um, and again, that website was pro-life future. Was it for pro-life futures? Period. Or um, plural? Singular. Huh? Singular. Oh, prolifefuture.org. Okay. And really, even if you're not a recently graduated student, um, there's lots of things that you can do to get involved in the pro-life movement. So um, could you talk to us a little bit about how our listeners can get involved um, in, like, their communities or on a state level or even on a federal level? For sure. Yeah, if you're like, oh, I want to get involved, but being a full-time pro-life activist on college campuses isn't for me, uh, that's totally fine. There's so much you can do at Students Life. You can go to abortionfreecities.org, abortionfreecities.org. That is our campaign for pro-lifers of all ages. We focus city by city, uh, really trying to tackle the root of abortion in that city. So making community members aware of the nonviolent resources. One of the things that I really kind of pressure, I guess, pro-life audiences and, and groups when I speak to them across the country is that Nearly 75% of the neighbors we reach in these communities, where we're literally knocking door to door, advertising the pregnancy centers, 75% don't know the pregnancy centers exist. Can you imagine how many more babies we can save? Can you imagine the conversation that would be changed about abortion in America if the majority of Americans would actually know that for 50 years we've been supporting and sustaining an entire social safety net? That would be significant. I mean, lives would be changed. State houses, a race, you know, political races. This would not even be an issue that was, right. you know, uh, up for debate. Um, and so we need folks to sign up, sign up your city, start door knocking, not for a political candidate, but for the pregnancy center. Start building church relationships. We have church kits to get your pastor, your priest involved speaking about abortion, getting your your church or parish involved in advertising the pregnancy uh, resources that are available in your community. We have training for, we partnered with great groups like Salic Advocates for Life, train you to go in front of the abortion facilities. Groups like Reprotection, which, uh, you know, uses uses the existing laws in place to make sure that they're actually being enforced at the abortion facility, which many of them, you know, Father Frank Pavonelli says you can't practice vice virtuously. So if you're (laughs) operating an abortion facility beyond killing babies, you're probably doing a lot of other things wrong. Um, And we need to expose that, and that's one way. Even in a state like Washington, where you might feel like the laws are stacked against you, um, there's a lot we can do there. Yep, absolutely. So we've come to the end of our program here today. So I want to thank all of our listeners and Kristen from Students for Life of America for speaking with us today. You've been listening to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Katie Welch. God bless you all. And I'm Dean thank Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, it's been great to have you. And you have so many resources available. Uh, I would encourage people to go to studentsforlife.org and go to uh, prolifefuture.org or abortionfreecities.org. Um, and I want to thank our listeners at Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. Uh, and as always, if you have prayer needs, you can always email us at prayforme at sacredheartradio.org. Protect and defend human life from conception to natural death. God bless. Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Live Talk Northwest. 
Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.